You are listening to I Love the Holy Ghost with Dr. Pat Harrison. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about um, more about focus. We're going to talk about the maintenance of focus. And I know in these series of teachings that I've used several illustrations of movies, but I think it's good because I can relate and other people can relate. And um, the movie that I want to refer to today is The Hoosiers. And uh, it was a basketball team from a small rural Indiana town. And they made their way to the final game and they end up winning the state championship. And this movie is based on a true story from an Indiana high school basketball team in their season. And as this team progresses for their sectional win to the regional, to the semifinals, and finally to the finals, the opponents get progressively tougher and came from much larger schools. And we come in the scene where the team is nervously sitting in the locker room before the final game of the regional. And the coach tells them, forget about the crowds, forget about the size of the school or their fancy uniforms. Remember what you have got here. Focus on the fundamentals that we have gone over time and time again. And most important, don't get caught up in thinking about winning or losing the game. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, then I don't care what the scoreboard says at the end of the game. In my book, we will be winners. So they focused on the fundamentals and they concentrated on playing their best and they won the regional. And then the next scene, they're back in their small high school gym which seats 800 people. And reporters are crowding around asking questions and a reporter quizzes the coach, have you got your scouting report? And the coach replies, I'm not concerned about the scouting report. More important to me, my boys know basketball, they know farming and school, and probably in that order. But most of them have never seen a building taller than two stories, except in a photograph. So take them to Indianapolis to play in front of 15,000 people is kind of like, kind of like you and me going to the moon. So what team we play is the least of my concern. Again, the coach is concerned about the boy's focus and what is focus, a clear definition and center of interest. And then as the team files into the Butler University Gymnasium for their practice game prior to the the championship game, their mouths drop open and they stare at the immense size of the gym that seats 15,000 people. And the coach takes a tape measure out of his pocket and instructs Buddy, one of his players, to stand under the backboard holding the end of the tape. Then he walks to the three-throw line. Coach asks, how far is it, Buddy? The reply, 15 feet. Then the coach instructs the kid, big kid, Strap, to put the smallest player, Ollie, on his shoulders and stand under the basket. Ollie takes the end of the measure, tape measure in his hand, holds it up to the rim, and then hands it to Buddy. Buddy reels out the tape measure until it touches the floor. Again, the coach asks, how far? And Buddy replies, replies, 10 feet. With that, coach says, 
I think you'll find it the exact same measurements as our gym back home in Hickory. The boys laugh with relief and head for the locker room. If that group of country boys had been distracted by the size of the gym and the roar of the crowd, they couldn't have focused on the game and concentrated on winning. But by measuring the length from the foul line to the goal and from the floor to the basket, the coach visually proved to the boys that the playing floor was exactly the same as the one at home. <laughs> the rules of the game hadn't changed, only the place where they were playing had changed. If they would focus on what they knew to do, they could win. And when they did, it was called the Cinderella story of Indiana high school basketball. And you know, I think the same is true for we as Christians. If we will focus on what we know is true, and if we'll do the fundamentals, we will always win. And that's so important. If we focus on what we know is true, and if we do the fundamentals, we will always win. And you might say, okay, I get the point. I know I need to focus, but how do I maintain my focus? There's pressures that come from the crowd roars. Seems like the rules have changed. My mind wants to run a million different directions. How do I quiet my mind and focus on the word? Well, I think the first thing that you need to do is pray in the spirit until your mind gets quiet and your emotions calm down. That may take a while, but that's okay. Then you need to think on or meditate the word of God. What does Joshua 1, 6 through 9 tell us? Be strong, confident, and of good courage, for she, you shall cause this people to inherit the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only you be strong and very courageous, that you may do according to all the laws which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe and do according to all that is written in it. Then you shall make your way prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely and have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong, vigorous, and very courageous. Be not afraid, neither be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So imagine Joshua's position in this. He is following the footsteps of Israel's first leader, Moses. <clears throat> and I think that would be a tough act to follow. Uh, I don't think I would envy him the place of leading the people. But he knew what the Israelites were like, for he had been there through their, the whole fickle time of their moments in the, in the wilderness. And though he and Caleb urged the people to take the promised land that God had promised, they endured the same wilderness discipline for 40 years when the people rebelled against God. And you know, uh, Joshua could have focused on the past, what a great Moses, leader Moses was, what a pain the Israelites were. He could have thought, they failed me once before, they'll fail me again. He could have thought, I'm not like Moses. My face doesn't shine with the glory like his did. But God didn't tell Joshua to meditate on the past. God told Joshua to meditate on the word. 
Now understand this, there's nothing wrong with reviewing the past. We certainly want to be mindful of all the blessings and victories God has given us. And we want to thank God for all he's done for us. Psalms 103 tells us, forget not all his benefits. So we remember God's past blessing and thank him for them, but we don't live on the glory of the past. Neither do we focus on past failures, hurts, pains, or mistakes. Uh, my husband Buddy used to preach a sermon called Past Failures Produce Future Fears. And we can learn from those situations, but we are to meditate and continually focus on those things. We are to focus on what? The Word of God. In calling Joshua, God promises to stand by Joshua and strengthen him. The presence and help of God will ensure Joshua's success. Under the Old Covenant, God would not allow Joshua to fail, and we live under a better covenant. Joshua is to be strong, courageous, valiant, manly, strengthened, established, firm, fortified, obstinate, and mighty. How? In the same way that the Lord will tell David in 1 Samuel, in the 30th chapter, encourage yourself, or literally, make yourself strong, strengthened by Yahweh. How was Joshua to make himself strong? The answers are in verses 7 and 8. Meditate, speak, and do God's commands. Huh. What ensures Joshua's success? Meditating, speaking, and doing the word of God. As people that walk in, in God and walk as God walks, and that's in faith, uh, we're careful about what we say because we've been taught the power of our words. Yet we can say the right things but remain defeated in our lives because we don't have agreement between our heart and our mouth. We need a mind focused on the word and a mouth speaking the word. A mind focused on the word and a mouth speaking the word. And the truth is simple. Hallelujah. Or we could say the word is simple. Just knowing the word, though, is not enough. Memorizing scripture is not the same as meditating on it. We all know people who can quote scriptures, but they have no knowledge of Christ's saving grace. They don't apply the word to their daily lives. When pressures come, they think of everything but the word. Why? Because they haven't meditated the word, and the, thus the word isn't really a part of them. They have meditated their problems or something else other than the promises. We have to meditate the word of God, and that is something that's so important because you can read the word, but if you're focused on your own agenda rather than on God, the word doesn't profit you. Yielding to God is necessary for proper focus. Let me say that again. Yielding to God is necessary for proper focus. Meditation will help you maintain your focus. Meditation. <laughs> it's a great word. It's a Hebrew word that speaks of an active recitation. I'm sure that you've attended recitals, piano, dance, gymnastic, voice, drama, and on and on. 
The participants have practiced hours and hours for one moment to display what they've learned. One comp commentary uh, went on went so far as to say that meditation causes God's word to become your mother tongue. In other words, the language that is most natural to you. Wow, that is really, really good. So what is that meditation on the word? And some people say, well, I don't know how to meditate. Well, let me ask you this. Do you know how to worry? Yes, you do. Most people worry, worry, worry. Well, what I say is meditation is the same as worry, only the meditation is meditating on God's Word, what God's Word says, how He says it, what He has given to us, His promises to us, where worry is focusing on the, on the problem and trying to figure out in our own strength and our own mind, and we worry, 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 what if, what if, no, what if, no, yes, yeah, no. Where the Word of God, meditating on the Word, brings a sure foundation, a sound foundation brings a confidence that this is truth, this is what I meditate on, and this is what's happening. Hallelujah. There's a big difference, and we need to see that. We need to learn to meditate the Word. So Joshua was told to recite or re-speak the law. Thus they shall not depart from your mouth. He was to speak the law to himself and to others. It was to be his conversation. Even in uh, Romans 10.8, Paul declared, The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth. Paul knew the value of meditating and reciting God's word. What are you reciting every day? Ask yourself that. Check up on yourself. What are you reciting every day? You know, devout Jews still bind the law to their foreheads and arms. Yet as believers... We can't even find in our Bibles the text the pastor was preaching Sunday. However, they can tell you the latest episode of their favorite sitcom and how each TV character is doing. Why? Because they have meditated on that and they've recited it to others. How much more important is it for us to recite the Word, to know the Word, and to speak the Word because we see what the Word is saying, as we begin to see what the Word is saying, it happens in our life. Hallelujah. Joshua was promised success if he followed God's instructions. And what did Jesus say? In John, he said, I only do and say what I hear my Father say. That's a powerful insight into his success. But I can't do what the Father says to do if I don't know what the Father's saying. <laughs> but that constant meditating of the Word makes us familiar with the content of His Word. And the meditation helps us to know the Scriptures intimately because we're reflecting upon them day and night. We reflect upon that Word that, that is given to us, that Word which... We are reading day and night. And the reading of that and the meditation of that makes us familiar with it. And that helps us to know the scriptures intimately. Hallelujah. Meditation is not something we do to feel good about ourselves. 
but through practical study of God's Word, we paint His picture in our life. And this picture affects our thinking enables, and enables us to carry out God's Word with our hearts, our mouth, and our hands. <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Another way to understand meditation is to think of a cow chewing its cud. <clears throat> a cow has two stomachs, I believe it is. And he chews and he chews and he chews a mouthful of food and then he finally swallows it. The food enters the first stomach. Then the cow brings it back up again and he chews it some more. And the last time the cow, the cow swallows, the partially digested food goes to the second stomach. There the food is further dry digested so it can be assimilated into the cow's body, providing the nourishment and the strength that that cow needs to live. So in the same way, we are to chew on the Word of God, hallelujah, through meditation. And when you first swallow the Word, uh, you've been meditating, you may still be giving only mental assent to it. It is still the Logos to you. When you continue to meditate or chew on the Word, it eventually becomes rhema to you, strength and life and nourishment and encouragement. Then, as you speak it forth in faith, you will become that which God created to you to be, a living epistle of God. I think one way that we can uh, stop and think about how to meditate the Word and steps in meditating many scriptures is say that scripture over and over until it is solidly in your mind and let it dominate your thinking all the time. And then secondly, you can look up the scripture in different translations. And this is so good because what happens is you look it up in different translations, it becomes more understandable. And the more you look at these different translations that revelations come, you have total revelation. And as a result, you can move forth because you have total understanding and you can do. And then another way is ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you a picture of how this scripture applies to you personally and the Holy Spirit can speak to you in many many ways he can speak to you personally he can speak to you through your pastors other ministers uh, their sermons you know a book or an individual it's not important how he speaks but just know that he will speak to you when you ask to help you have a better picture of the scripture that you're studying and you're meditating on Another way to meditate is begin to say the scripture out loud to yourself and expand on it, each, on each part of it. I think that uh, we can meditate the scripture. I'll give you an example. We'll just use 2 Timothy 1, 7. Um, since fear is running rampant in American society, I think this scripture is very important. For God... My God, the God of heaven and earth, El Shaddai, uh, God who's more than enough for my protection, has not, will not, never will give me a spirit of fear, a gift of terror or timidity or intimidation, but of power overcoming Christ raising from the dead power in abundance, love 
perfect love that casts out fears and lifts me high above the situation. And a sound mind, a mind controlled by the Holy Spirit, well-balanced, disciplined, and pure, thinking only overcoming thoughts. And as you do that, then that meditation is going to paint God's picture in your lives and reproduce His character, the fruit of the Spirit. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it brings us into a great awareness of Him. It renews our mind. Meditation maintains our focus on God and the things of God. Hallelujah. And if we focus on and meditate on the wrong things, then that is our point of reference for all of our decisions. But if we focus on and meditate on the Bible, then the eternal, holy, unchanging, and true Word of God becomes a basis for all of our decisions and actions. Thus, we always walk in victory in the Word and in Christ Jesus. So I admonish you this day, keep yourself focused in the Word. Keep yourself focused, totally surrounded, totally engulfed, totally involved with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit and His Word, knowing that that relationship with God and with Jesus and the Holy Spirit will keep us in the right direction, keep us going the way we need to go and in victory at all times. God bless you. Thank you for listening to I Love the Holy Ghost with Dr. Pat Harrison. For more information, go to patharrisonministries.org.